You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's up, everybody? It's Johnny Heller coming at you with another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm the host this week because we're switching things up. I'm joined, uh, as always, by Ty Daubert. Ty, what's going on? Not much, just getting ready to enjoy some spring training baseball. Uh, We're recording on Tuesday afternoon, right around 1 o'clock. The Phillies are getting ready to play a game. The Phillies are, of course, the first place team in the Grapefruit League. Uh, I know spring training results, they definitely mean a lot. So we'll have a good bit to talk about with those first place Phillies. Uh, But before we get into that, I got a question for you, Johnny. Uh, Obviously, we were not around last week. We took a week off because you were in spring training. So why don't we talk about your trip a little bit? Sure, yeah. So, uh, you know, I I drove down to Florida for the week with a couple of my roommates because that's what college kids do over spring break. But I was able... To cover four games uh, for Phillies Nation down there, a couple home games, one in Northport against the Braves and one in Tampa against the Yankees. I pretty much saw almost everybody that I wanted to see play. Uh, I think the only potential rotation guy I didn't see was Ranger Suarez. I saw virtually all the potential bullpen guys. I saw you know, everyone who's going to be on the 26-man roster uh, and lucky enough to also see some some pretty good baseball in clear water i was there for you know the two two home run bryce harper game the jt remuto leadoff home run reese hoskins hit a home run it was a lot of good baseball uh so it was good to be down there i've never actually been before um so it was it was pretty good yeah uh anything that really stuck out to you any big takeaways from being able to cover the team for a few days uh the biggest thing for me, you know, Ty, for anyone listening, Ty covers uh, a lot of the minor league games he has since last year, especially Reading and Lehigh Valley. So he's seen a lot of these guys play um, who haven't, you know, been with the Phillies yet, who, who are with them in camp, uh, like Alec Bohm and Spencer Howard and, and, you know, all these arms and everything. I've never seen any of these guys play in person. The biggest thing that stuck out to me was actually watching Alec Bohm play, play third base. Uh, it was pretty striking that, and pretty easy to tell that he can't really handle it. You know, I I just wonder how the, the team is going to treat that this year. He can't, like, this isn't even a move him to first thing. He's just, like, uh, he really struggles at ground, fielding ground balls, getting to things, especially on his right side. Um, it was very interesting to see that only saw him play two or three games, but that was the biggest thing that stood out, honestly. Yeah, Alec Bohm, obviously the the bat seems to be there. He has a bunch of, bunch of hits this spring training. I think they're all singles at this all point. All singles, yep. But uh, the bat is definitely there for him, and the big question is his defense, defense which we have all questioned. I don't think it's uh, due to the fact that the Phillies and Bohm are – you know, it's not that they're not trying to make this work. Boom, he said to me in Reading, uh, me and other reporters uh, in Reading uh, when he first got there this season that he actually, um, 
he 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 went into spring training early last year to go work on um, a bunch of things, but defense uh, he wanted to work on, and he's really made it a point to try to stick a third base, and they're gonna try to make it work, but at this point, I'm definitely not convinced that it will happen. Just uh, like I think you would say the same. Yeah, I would, and you know. There's been a lot of talk about Didi Gregorius's defense. Um, you know, maybe having a really rangy shortstop would be able to offset a little bit of of Bohm's, you know, lack of that. But is is Gregorius really a guy who can offset that at all? I don't think so. I think he's maybe average, if that. Baseball savant has him well below average. So I don't know. I think, like you said, I think they're going to try and stick him there. And honestly, if he's hitting, it's they're just going to, you know, take what they can get from him on the defensive side because, yeah. you know, his bat is his bat is major league ready. I know he, he's only hit singles this spring, but it's the, you can just tell by watching. He's he's got the approach. He's he's really, you know, ready to to be a major league hitter. He's just so behind on defense. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think you've seen it with the Phillies. Uh, in recent years, they have sacrificed some defense in favor of offense. In recent sure. in recent history, you think of Reese Hoskins playing left field, and maybe that one didn't work out as well. But Bohm has played third base most of his life, and even if he isn't a great major league defensive third baseman, I think he'll probably be able to you know, get his way through it for a year, even if he's bad at it. And then they figure it out from there. But I think his bat being in the lineup is probably more important at, at this point this season. Getting him up at some point uh, will will be important for the team, and they'll, they'll need him in the lineup. Yeah, I agree. I, he'll get called up. That's, if he's hitting in AAA, um, probably by, what, May or June? Uh, yeah, I'd say by mid-May. At yeah. this point, it feels like sooner than later. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else you saw in spring training? I know the fifth starter debate is one that a lot of people are talking about. We've talked about it here. It's probably the, you know, the biggest question mark or or the competition that is the the most followed. The the competition between Vince Velasquez, Nick Pavetta, and Ranger Suarez for the fifth starter spot. I think you just said that you didn't get to see Suarez, but did you see anything out of Velasquez and Pavetta in games that were not on TV that you got to see? Uh, and what did you? What do you think of Suarez so far? You know, in the games that you've been able to see on on TV. Yeah, so Velasquez pitched on Monday night in Northport against the Braves. He didn't actually start. Eflin started, and, and then Velasquez came in in, like, the fourth or fifth inning. He was fine. It was it was pretty typical Velasquez. I think it was, like, three innings pitched, four hits, and an earned run. Um, I think this spring he's struggled with control a little bit. Five walks and seven and two-thirds innings pitched. He, he was overall pretty good in that out that specific outing but um you know he's i don't think either of velasquez or pavetta have shown any sort of leap or anything pavetta in the start i saw was in tampa against the yankees 
And he had a really, really tough first inning. Um, and at one point in the first inning, it, it seemed like he might not even be able to come back out for the second. Um, but after after the first inning, he was able to um, settle in a little bit, and he pitched, I think, three and a third. So that was definitely encouraging him being able to bounce back. I think he gave up three earned in the in the first, and then just being able to bounce back and settle in and pitch well the second and third inning. Uh, I know he was working on the, his changeup and his slider. Neither of those pitches were really working for him. Uh, his slider, he just kept kind of burying it, like six feet in front of home plate. Uh, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it wasn't really a, a pitch that anyone would swing at. And then the changeup, he just... Uh, guys were hitting it a little bit, and he wasn't... I don't think he was locating it all that well. So I think that's... Both of those pitches are a work in progress for Pavetta, but overall was encouraged by his ability to bounce back in that start. Um, as far as Ranger Suarez, I've only watched him in this most recent start against the Red Sox. And he was also fine. There's nothing really stands out about Ranger Suarez. And, you know, we've talked about it. He was pretty good down the stretch last year as a reliever, which is why I was puzzling that they, you know, quickly moved him back to being a starter if he can be, if they know he can be effective in that role as a reliever. But honestly, right now, he's been the best this spring out of the three of them. And, and right now, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel like he might be the guy that they decide to go with for the fifth starter. Yeah, it feels that way. And, you know, maybe it isn't best to really pick a, a starter out of the three, out of, what, three short spring training appearances, uh, th- Absolutely. three or four appearances. But to this point, Suarez has been the best pitcher of the three in in what they've, you know, in what they've shown so I I would lean that way too, but I'm not sure that it's the right decision because of what you said and we've talked about before. Suarez has proven that he can be a good reliever and really help help your team. So and you know limited starting appearances in the major leagues, but they were not nearly as successful as his time as a reliever, and I think that maybe they would be better off giving it to one of Velasquez or Pavetta. Yeah, well, maybe one of the factors with Suarez is maybe they are uh, confident in Francisco Liriano, um, that he'll be able to make the team and and be a good lefty option out of the pen. Because if if he makes the team, then you have Liriano, Adam Morgan, and uh, Jose Alvarez. So, you know, usually a team won't carry more than three lefties in an eight-man bullpen. Maybe that factors into the thinking. Um, but in general, uh, I know a couple days ago, maybe it was yesterday, Matt Gelb of The Athletic mentioned uh, in an article that, that the Phillies are best suited to make this decision much sooner than later, and that they probably will because they want to be able to define the roles for each each of the three guys bef- before the season starts so they can, you know, if P- Nick Pavetta is moving to the bullpen so that he can kind of start to get those kinds of outings. Uh as spring training goes along. So I think we'll probably hear something on this sooner than later. Yeah, that wouldn't, that would not surprise me. And it it feels like they do in every sense. It feels like this team is opting for more set roles than optionality and flexibility. 
You, you see it with they want to make Kingery the second baseman, it feels like. Uh, they, you know, Girardi on WIP, I believe it was, said that Naris was the closer. Uh, it just feels like they're trying to settle guys into roles uh, rather than, you know, have them moving around and maybe they're opting for a little more comfort in that sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you were to, to predict now, what would you say is the role heading into the season for the three guys? Right now, I think that Ranger Suarez would be the fifth starter. I think that Vince Velasquez would be in the bullpen, and I think Nick Pavetta would be in AAA as, as a starter. What about I you? think I agree with that. I do think it'll be one of them's a starter, one of them moves to the pen, and one of them uh, is in AAA. Although they're, they're going to have a lot of guys in AAA. Um, I know a couple of the beat writers have mentioned that it, it looks like they're going to be piggybacks, uh, piggybacking starts in AAA because they're going to have you know, maybe seven or eight starters down there. Yeah, um, they, they're probably going to have to if that's the case. Yeah. Um, but they'll have some... Some options to pick from, like one of the guys that don't make the fifth starter spot, potentially, like we just mentioned, Damon Jones will be down there, Eniel De Los Santos will be down there, so they'll they'll have some some options to pick from for sure, and yeah. of course, uh, Spencer Howard will probably be in Lehigh Valley at some point as well. Uh, we actually. Got some updates on Spencer Howard yesterday. So this tweet is coming from Sam Dykstra of MLB.com and MILB.com. His tweet says, Some good news for Phillies fans. Spencer Howard was throwing 98-99 to in his last bullpen session. Farm director Josh Boniface said Howard is expected to open the season healthy and off the IL. Hasn't pitched in a game this spring due to a right knee injury. And actually, on the, this is Tuesday, like we said. Howard will be pitching in today's spring training game. At some point, uh, I think the first report of that was Matt Breen. So the Howard, it looks like it, it's coming along very well for him. Looking good in the bullpens, apparently. And it looks yeah. like he's gonna he's gonna throw in a game for the first time in a while. So, what what do you think we can expect from Howard? What kind of plan do you think they'll take with him? And when do you think we'll see him in the major leagues? Um. Yeah. So, Girardi mentioned on Thursday that uh, he had no idea what the plan was going to be. Um. Uh, so I think they're still trying to work through that. Maybe it'll depend on how he looks the rest of the spring and, you know, if he can stay healthy and effective. But, you know, there have been talks about maybe keeping him in extended spring training so they can limit his innings to start the season. Uh, because, you know, he's going to be on a limit, uh, innings limit for the season. Everyone knows that, and... If he's going to be able to contribute at the major league level, the Phillies would prefer that he can give them innings in September and potentially October. Um, so honestly, I don't know exactly how the Phillies are going to 
are going to approach him because really the Phillies don't know right now how they're going to uh, approach things with him. And I think as far as when we will actually see him in the majors, that depends on the Phillies' approach with him because if they're aggressive uh, up front and don't bury him in extended spring training and decide instead to start him in AAA, then it could be, you know, he could be called up in May. But if they decide to, you know, preserve his innings, it could be maybe later in June or July. Uh, and obviously, it also depends on his effectiveness um, in the in the minor league level. Yeah, but no matter what they do, though, he's going to have some kind of innings limit. Uh, in the event I covered in Reading over the winter, um, they hinted at 140 to 150 innings being the max, uh, like the very max, and probably probably even less. So. Uh, you know, they're not going to have a full 200-inning season of Spencer Howard. He's never thrown that much in his career. They're going to have to make sure that he can stay healthy uh, and and all of that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, whether that is not throw him a ton early and let him go out there for full starts down the stretch, or maybe throughout the whole year they only let him throw five innings per start or something like that. It's go- it's going to be interesting to see what they do, uh, you know, whatever it is. Yep, definitely. But it's it's definitely an exciting time for Phillies fans. When was the last time? I mean, Bohm and Howard coming coming up at the same time, uh, two top 30 prospects in baseball. Um, definitely, you know, a fun thing to watch. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nola was obviously a big prospect, but the team was not in any condition to contend when he was called up. So while it was interesting to see Nola make his major league debut, the team wasn't very good. Uh, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head similar to this, where the team looks like they're ready to try to make the playoffs, and they also are going to be getting some help from a midseason call-up. Uh, maybe in, may, maybe when Dominic Brown first got called up, when the right. Phillies were still very good, he wasn't a full time player at that point. He was more of an injury fill in, but when he got his major league debut, hitting a a double off the right field wall, uh, may, maybe it, that is a similar situation. But right. not, nothing really sticks out as so as a, you know top prospects that are going to play a huge part. In, uh, in what the team thinks could be a playoff team. Yeah, and you know a lot of people have talked about you know the Phillies should trade for uh, you know Chris Bryant or, or, or this player that player. And while obviously, I mean, I think me and Ty both understand that we agree that part of building a team is being able to have these guys who you groom in your farm system and you know are top prospects, and it's something the Phillies have lacked. And all of a sudden, they're here. So uh, definitely an exciting time. But anyways, moving on um, to the next topic. Uh, So yesterday, uh, Philadelphia Inquirer's Matt Breen and Scott Lauber both reported that Joe Girardi hinted that uh, Jay Bruce will be in the starting lineup on opening day. Um, I think this was mostly expected. Uh, the only really alternate 
possibility uh, was that maybe Roman Quinn would start in center field and Adam Hazley would start in left field. Um, but the Phillies are obviously opting to go with the big bat in Bruce. So uh, my question to you, Ty, is, is now that it's pretty definitive that it's going to be you know, a competition between Roman Quinn and Adam Hazley for center field, or at least that it'll maybe time will be split between them or, you know, it's one of their, their jobs to win. Uh, how do you see that playing out in, in center field uh, for the rest of spring training? And who do you think will start on opening day in center field? Um, I'm really not exactly sure at this point. I think that a healthy Quinn is probably a better player than Adam Hazley at this point. And, you know, that is the question, though. It, can Roman Quinn stay healthy? I know everyone has beat that question to death, but it really is. the It's the main thing that comes up with Roman Quinn. I, I you know, maybe there could be a platoon situation between the two. But the thing with that is Hazley is obviously a left-handed hitter. And even though the Phillies had Roman Quinn bat right-handed only for a period of time last season. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure exactly if the numbers back this up, but it feels like all of Roman Quinn's big hits came from the left side for the most part. So that that's something interesting to monitor there, uh, you know, whether Roman Quinn is, you know, if he is better against lefties or righties and whether you'd be putting him at a disadvantage by only playing him against lefties. So I, I think that's something interesting to watch. Quinn's speed is a difference maker. And I I think that although I'm not sold completely on Quinn being a gold glove outfielder like some people think he can be, I think he's a better outfielder than Adam Hazley is at this point. And he, like I said, his speed makes a big difference. And if he can stay on the field, I think... Uh, if they're completely set on Kingery playing second base, I think that Quinn is probably the next best center field option. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree that Scott Kingery is the most valuable center fielder on the team, uh, like based on his offensive profile, and and he's he wasn't great at first when he was uh, you know settling into center field, but uh, he showed he showed that he's pretty rangy and and. Um, his instincts aren't bad yeah, in the was, outfield. So uh, people think, people talk about Kingery like he can't play the outfield, and they oh they just threw him out in the outfield. We had no clue what he was doing. He played outfield for a Division One college. Like it's not like he, it's not like he can't handle it. Yeah, for sure. And I think he looked he looked pretty good um, as he kept playing, especially. Uh, I th- I agree. I think so. I think. When you talk about the two guys defensively, I think Adam Hazley um, has better instincts, gets better jumps on balls, but he's not really uh, fast. And Roman Quinn, on the other hand, doesn't get great jumps on a lot of balls, but his speed uh, really is helps him make up for it. I don't think either of them are especially good defensive uh, center fielders, but I think Quinn is probably a little bit better than Hazley. Yeah. And then... Neither of them are, you know, carry big bats. Um, Hazley can't hit lefties. Uh, and like you said, Quinn is a switch hitter. So a platoon, I think a platoon's possible, but 
like you said, are you taking advantage of Roman Quinn being a switch hitter and maybe having a little more pop from the left side? He hit a couple uh, upper deck home runs last year from the left side. Um, and the, the home run he hit last week, his, his only of the spring, was also from the left side. So I don't know. I'm, uh, I do remember maybe it was back in December or January, uh, there were a couple of reports that the Phillies were looking at signing uh, center fielder to, pl- to platoon with Hazley, which honestly would make sense because Hazley's splits are uh, pretty drastic. And bringing in a guy like Kevin Pillar, who can hit lefties. and Who got MVP re- votes. That is true. More MVP votes than Bryce Harper. Bringing in a guy like that, who can hit... He had an OPS over 800 against lefties uh, last year. So if they were able to bring in a guy like that to platoon with Hazley, then the Phillies would have you know, a pretty good situation in center field. Uh, Pilar maybe got a little bit more money than they were comfortable giving him. I think they got that he got $4.25 million from the Red Sox. So uh, that has gone by, and the Phillies have not added a platoon option. So I don't know. I think neither will... I don't know if either will win the, the job definitively out of camp, but um, maybe they'll both get chances to play, and, and whoever's playing better will kind of get the nod as the season goes along. Yeah, I think that's what's probably going to happen. I, I, I'm i pretty confident in that. I feel like they'll both get some shots at early on in the season. Yep, I do agree with that. Uh, so anything else on that? Nope. All right, so um, just a couple more things. So we wanted to talk about uh, our ideal lineup for this season, um, especially with Andrew McCutcheon still recovering. Uh, from his ACL tear, um, you know, the, he's obviously the prototypical leadoff hitter. He did really well last year there for the Phillies, and then when he got hurt, they were unable to find a solution. Um, guys who were, you know, like Scott Kingery was uh, hitting really well. They moved into the leadoff spot, and he really struggled. Um, same thing with Bryce Harper. He couldn't hit all that well from the leadoff spot. Same with Reese Hoskins. Um, so, Ty, uh, who is – a couple questions. Who would you prefer lead off, and then what is what does the rest of your Phillies lineup look like for opening day? All right. So many people are going to disagree with me here about the leadoff batter. Uh, a lot of people, it looks like they are calling for JT Real Muto, who has let off a bunch of spring training games. But my preferred if I were, – if I were the manager of the Phillies, I would put – Reese Hoskins in the leadoff spot. I know you just said he didn't hit very well in the leadoff spot last year. Well, he didn't hit very well in any spot in the second <laughs> half last year. So I don't think that was a leadoff exclusive thing. I think he was just in a in kind of a funk. So I just the way Hoskins gets on base is that of somebody who can hit at the top of the lineup. I think that there is this idea around not only just Phillies fans, but, you know, people all around baseball. They have these certain ideas about what a big first baseman should be, and it's always, you know, this Adam Dunn-ish type of hitter that just hits a lot of home runs and doesn't do much else. But Reese Hoskins is so much different than that. I, uh, I, I just think the way he gets on base is most suited to bat leadoff, especially with Andrew McCutcheon not around. I actually 
uh, I sent Johnny these numbers the other day. So Trey Turner is obviously the he's obviously the leadoff hitter for the Nationals, and he's considered sort of your prototypical type of leadoff batter. And of course, that has to do with speed and other things. But Reese Hoskins in 2018 and Trey Turner in 2019 had super, super similar type of offensive numbers. Uh, I believe Hoskins had a 354 on-base percentage and a 496 slugging percentage, good for an 850 OPS uh, in 2018. And then Turner, just this past season, had a 353 on-base percentage, 497 slugging for an 850 OPS. So, you know, those numbers are basically the same. And, of course, base running has, a has you know, that makes a difference. But that's basically the same offensive season. It's a very similar offensive season. And I think that if Hoskins weren't a first baseman and he, you know, had a different body type, people would think about him differently. <laughs> and with, with McCutcheon out, I think that Hoskins is pretty clearly the best leadoff option at this point on the team. He's able to get on base. He'll provide some pop for you as well. But most importantly, he is your best on-base option, not named Bryce Harper. So I think he should get the look there. Yeah. You know, I don't entirely disagree with you because I, I, I mean, he's obviously the best on-base guy on the team. Maybe Bryce Harper is the best on-base guy on the team, but um, Reese Hoskins does work a good at bat, and he walks a ton and gets on base a ton. So in that sense, he's he's a good fit for, for you know, a leadoff hitter. But I also think he is a good fit for the middle of your lineup. You know, if you have the first couple guys getting on base, he's the kind of guy that you want coming to the plate because he can... Obviously, he's not the prototypical slugger. Um, but, and, you know, maybe, like you've said before, maybe his first two months in the season when or two months of his major league career when he hit a home run every other at bat kind of made people uh, think that he was something that he actually wasn't. Uh, but I, I just think that he fits better in the middle of the order. Um, you could say a guy like Jay Bruce should hit fourth, but Jay Bruce, uh, he's only a home run hitter. Like there's no potential for anything else. He doesn't really walk all that much. Um, he, I think his on base percentage last year was like 280. Um, he strikes out a ton. I just think Reese Hoskins is a good hitter, and that uh, batting him third or fourth, um, that's that's the best spot for him. I'm not opposed to batting him leadoff uh, because this is temporary. Andrew McCutcheon's going to come back, and he's going to be hitting leadoff. Um, I think it will be JT Real Muto just based on how jo- what Joe Girardi has said so far this spring, and the fact that Real Muto's been batting leadoff every game for the past week and a half. Um, if I were to say who I think it should be, uh, I might go Gene Segura. Um, I think Gene Segura, he had a down year last year, but he makes a lot of contact, which is something you want from your leadoff hitter, and he's speedy, and he gets on base 
Um, again, last year, a down year for him, but over the past four years combined, I think he has an on-base percentage around uh, .350, which is pretty good. Um, a little under what Andrew McCutcheon was giving them last year, but still pretty solid. And I think that um, batting him lead off and having Real Muto and Hoskins more in the middle of the order um, would be the best fit for the Phillies. But I, one more thing about Hoskins is, like, how many times have you seen Phillies fans on Twitter or whatever be like, Hoskins needs to stop looking for walks. He needs to drive in runs. No, he doesn't. Just stop trying to change what he is as a hitter and stop trying to force him into being that Ryan Howard type when that isn't what he is. It's just not what he is. So use him at, you know, for what he's best at, which is seeing a lot of pitches and getting on base. Stop worrying about, you know, making him something he's not. That's just just my thing. He's not he's he's not your prototypical slugger type, like you said. And sure he's not the ideal leadoff hitter, but with McCutcheon out, I I still I'm still going to argue that he is the best fit for it on the team. Uh, maybe if you had, maybe if you had Mike Trout or something in your lineup, then Harper would be a better fit for a leadoff. But Hoskins is—he would get my vote as of now. Uh, I put together my lineup. If uh, you know, I ran the Phillies. Here's what I would do for opening day. I would go Hoskins first, Harper second, Real Muto third, Gregorius fourth. Segura fifth, which is kind of weird, but I, I think that would I think that would work. He's not your typical five-hole hitter, but I still think it would work. Bruce sixth, Kingery seventh, Quinn eighth, and then the pitcher, of course. All right. So mine would be uh, Segura first, Harper second. I think we agree Harper hitting second is ideal. Yes. Um, that, teams need to... Just bat their best player second. It's it's the right move. It gets some, oh, it gets some more plate appearances over the course of the season. Uh, I I still don't understand why some teams are struggling to understand that. Yeah. So then Hoskins third, Gregorius fourth, Real Muto fifth, um, Bruce sixth, and then Kingery seven, Quinn eight, and the pitcher ninth. Um, so I think we agree, like, for the back of the lineup, pretty much, uh, after, you know, 6, 7, 8 should be Bruce, Kingery, and then the center fielder, but, you know. Yeah, there, there's no perfect lineup with this team, uh, without Andrew McCutcheon in there. Not saying they're a perfect lineup with Andrew McCutcheon, but they're a lot easier to kind of assemble and put in order when he's around. So, all right, when McCutcheon comes back, obviously Bruce is going to be out of the lineup. So then let's say, like, what, what does your lineup look like? What does the top six of your lineup look like with, with McCutcheon healthy? Oof, that's tougher. Um, mostly because I didn't prepare for it. What do right. I think it will be or what? What would you, what what would would you I do? Yeah. What would I do? I'd probably just go... I'd probably go McCutcheon, Harper, Real Muto, Hoskins, 
Gregorius Segura. I think I would swap Real Muto and Hoskins. You'd go Maybe. Real Muto four? Maybe Real Muto five. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, definitely a tough one. Yeah. Um, but but I think the one-two punch of McCutcheon-Harper Harper, is the yeah. way to go. Absolutely. You know, I was looking at, uh, on Baseball Reference earlier, I was just looking at who's hit leadoff for the Phillies over the past three seasons, and it's a pretty absurd list. Like, I don't remember Cam Perkins batting leadoff six times in, in 2017. Uh, like, and Andrew that's... Knapp bat, batted leadoff on game. Yeah, I know. Ty Kelly did it. Um you know, it was, Pedro Florimo did it once. Who? Uh, any other names that were in there? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, a, a lot. There were seventeen guys over those three years that bat lead off at least once. Obviously, Cesar Hernandez did it the most, but yeah, that's Cam Perkins got some got some burn in the leadoff hole. That's what you like to yeah. see. The only, only thing I really remember Cam Perkins for was, like, that gif of him dabbing, like, a million times. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, <laughs> um, before we uh, finish off and end this episode, I one guy I think who stood out to a lot of people this spring is... Uh, and someone who we've talked about on the show before is Ramon Rosso. Um, do you think that there's any shot he makes the team out of spring training as a reliever? I think there is a small chance that he does because he has definitely looked really good. So I think that, you know, there's there's a shot of him breaking out of camp uh, with the Phillies. His slider has looked really good. Like, I, I saw him a bunch in Reading and I don't remember it being that good, and obviously his fastball has good cut to it. So I've seen a lot of good things out of Ramon Rosso. I think there's – I'm not. I'm obviously not going to guarantee it, but I think there is a shot that he ends up making the team uh, out of spring training in the bullpen. Yeah, obviously the, the one thing there is that he's not on the 40-man roster, so that, that makes it a little bit tougher, but um... – you know, you can maneuver around that. A guy like um, Diola Guerra might not stick. You know, Diola Guerra, who gave up an absolute uh, just bomb to Vlad Guerrero Jr. when I was there on Thursday. I mean, like, it was out of the stadium. It was. It might have been the, <laughs> the furthest home run I've ever seen. It was insane. But anyways, yeah. I don't know. They're, they're definitely going to have to um, make some 40-man changes at some point this season. For sure. Uh, so it'll be interesting to watch. But any any uh, final thoughts before we wrap things up? No, not really. I'm, I'm excited for the regular season. I think all around baseball it's going to be an interesting season. A lot of good storylines. A lot of good storylines. A lot of, um, you know, good teams. Uh, not not a lot, like especially in the NL. I think a lot of solid teams, not any great teams other than the Dodgers. So it'll be really interesting to see how things shake out. Yeah, should be a fun season. Yeah, so only uh, you know two weeks from from today, we'll be recording our our podcast 
where we you know give all all our good predictions and everything for the season for sure um, can't wait so to everyone who is listening thanks for tuning in and uh we'll talk to you next week you can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.